brethren, today is the last Sunday of the month of June. What does that tell you? By this time next week, the first half of this year is gone. God has kept you up till today. He is not about to change his faithfulness concerning you. I know you will see next week. Amen. Not just next week, I know you will see the rest of the year. Amen. I know that whatever be the plan of the enemy concerning you, because you are here today, it is broken. Amen. Because you are here today, it is destroyed. Amen. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will say of the goodness Father, we thank you. We lift your name on high. You are a wonderful father. You are a good God accept our thanks in Jesus name Amen. thank you Lord for your faithfulness thank you for your grace thank you for such a time as this accept our thanks in Jesus name Amen. Father as we go into your word go with us Amen. speak unto us Amen. teach us Amen. and let your name be glorified Amen. thank you heavenly Father Amen. we love you Lord for we have prayed in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. Choir, God bless you. Thank you very much. Um, my wife is not in church today because uh, she had to go to Sudbury on the administration. So she's going to be back by God's grace very soon. First Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. I'm going to read verses 17 to 20. 1 Kings 18, verses 17 to 20. 1 Kings 18, verses 17 to 20. And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, As thou he that troubled Israel? Verse 18. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baalim. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the press of Baal, 450, and the press of the groves, 400, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gather the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Praise the Lord. Um, we are continuing with our studies of what we call altar versus altar. But as I began to prepare the message for today, I see that there's an emphasis the Lord has given unto me. And that's what I want to discuss with us today. And it's just asking us a simple question. And I want you to ask your neighbor that question. And the question is, what is your reputation? I want you to ask, ask your neighbor. Say, what is your reputation? When Ahab saw Elijah, he said, Are thou he that troubled Israel? 
it, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a good uh, presentation of who Elijah, who Elijah was. But if, just like the apostles, after the resurrection of Christ, after the day of Pentecost, the Bible says the people looked at the apostles and said, these are those that do what? That turn the world upside down. That wasn't necessarily a good reputation that they were given, but it was a godly reputation. And brethren, some reputations are good by men, but they are not acceptable unto God. In other words, maybe you can ask your neighbor, is your reputation godly? That's very important. Men might look at you and say, oh, that's my brother. Oh, that's my sister. He's, he's, he's an angel. She's a saint. But God is saying, but I don't know him. But I don't know her. Who is this person you are talking about? Elijah had a reputation. Ahab knew that there was famine in the land because of his sin. But rather than accept that he had sinned, he saw Elijah. He said, are you he that troubled Israel? And of course, Elijah responded to him, I'm not the one troubling Israel. It's your sin. It's your sinful nature. It's your desire not to depart from those things that the Lord says he abhors, that he hates. That is what troubles Israel. That's why progress is not being made. I want you to take note of something this morning, brethren. A man must be noted for something to be outstanding. Does that make sense? A man must what? When I say a man, it includes a woman. It, it means a brother, it means a sister. You must be noted for something to be what? To be outstanding. If you want to just merge to the crowd like a chameleon, you cannot be outstanding, can you? No. You are like every other person. But do you realize that everybody is unique? Tell somebody I am unique. Or maybe you should tell the person you are unique. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible goes on to say, marvelous are thy works. In other words, I am fearfully I'm wonderfully made, and I am marvelous. Are you marvelous? Tell somebody I am, I am marvelous. You know, you see, it doesn't matter if the person doesn't believe you are marvelous or not, so long as you know you are marvelous, and you walk like someone that is marvelous, you will see the marvels of God following you. You will attract the goodness of God. You know, the Lord is telling someone here today, you know that passage? Psalm 102 verse 13. It says, Thou shalt arise and do what? And have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her. Yeah, the set time is when? Tell someone my time is now. Brethren, six months are gone in the year 2022. We have six months ahead. It is God's time to lift up somebody. It is God's time to give you a testimony. It is God's time to give you a new song. But are you ready? What is your reputation? What foundation have you laid thus far in the year 2022? It's a foundation you have laid that you build upon. But it's possible you don't have a foundation that can be built on. It's never too late to start. Tell somebody it's never too late to start. We need to realize that it only becomes late when you get to the grave. 
But the unfortunate part of it is you don't know when you are going. I don't know when I'm going. In fact, if we decide not to go anywhere, he may decide to come. Is that not so? If everybody decides that me, I am going nowhere, I am not going to die. He said, I don't die, but I will do what? I will come. And when he comes, the rapture takes place. The end result is the same. The Bible says it is given unto man to die how many times? Only once. And after this, the judgment is a season of reward and a season of punishment. He would say unto some people, depart from me, I know you not. Ye workers of what? Iniquity. He would say unto some people, welcome, good and obedient servant, into the joy of your master. Which one will he say unto you? Remember that there is no middle way. There is no compromise. Is that you are hot, you are on fire, or you are what? You are cold. If you are brother and sister lukewarm, he has no place for you. Which one is your, what is your portion? What's your choice? The Bible tells me in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The Bible says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. He is looking for a brother, he is looking for a sister whose heart is what? Perfect. Towards him. In other words, you can ask somebody, say, How is your heart? Don't be afraid. Ask him, How is your heart? As we are here gathered together worshiping God, what are you thinking about? Or maybe you are saying, Well, I'm going to work at two o'clock. Let me sleep while Pastor preaches. He is looking for somebody, one man, one sister, whose heart is what? Perfect towards him. And he gave a verdict concerning that particular person. That was a king in Israel. He said, you have done foolishly. He was talking to that king. He said, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have words. Because the heart of that king was not perfect towards God. He just wants you to love him. He wants you to love him unquestionably. He wants you to say, Lord, I just thank you that you are my father. Isn't that wonderful? That in spite of all the uh, disappointments you have received from your father, from your mother, from your brother, from your sister, you can say, Lord, I do what? I thank you that you are my father. I love you for who you are. Like that passage, that verse in Psalm 136. That says, who remembereth us? In what? In our low estate. In our low estate. Elijah was a man noted for his time for God. Because in 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1, we are meant to understand that he stood before God before he came to stand before men. 1 Kings 17 verse 1, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, he said unto Ahab, Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand. There shall not be new nor rain these years, but according to my God. So Elijah stood before God, before coming to stand before who? Before man. And that was why, even though he was a man of no reputation before men, 
He could stand before the king and say, ah, I don't stand before men. First of all, I stand before God. Before I do what? I come and stand before man. And it's the authority I have is the backing of that God before whom I stand. So because Elijah stood before God, he knew God. He did what? He knew God. And he could hear the voice of God. So the reason many of us do not hear the voice of God is because of what? It's because of what? You don't, we don't know him. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. That's why many times when somebody says, the Lord told me, you say, ah, ah. What do you mean? How did God tell you? I don't mind them. They are lying. Ah, the fact that you don't know him and you don't hear him does not mean others don't know him. I remember the story the Geo said. He said when he gave his life to Christ newly, he went to a fellowship at the University of Lagos in Nigeria. And the worship was wonderful. Everybody was enjoying themselves and he was looking at them and a sister stood up. You know, it's always sisters. And began to speak. And said, the Lord says, God said ah, and he said, he told, he said, when did God speak? How did, which time did God come here? I didn't see him. How did, and the, the brother kept saying, keep quiet. God is speaking. Ah, he said, where is the God that is speaking? That was the level of his knowledge then. But then, very soon, he began to speak to, he began to be the voice of God. So because Elijah stood before God, he knew God, and he could hear the voice of God. Don't wait until you are about to get married. And three men come and say, Ah, Sister Philo, you are my wife. Sister Philo, ah, and they, ah, ah. Say, God, which one? Even when God is speaking, what happens? You won't hear because you are not used to hearing his voice. Don't wait until maybe you, you apply for a job and you have three offers. One is 90,000 per annum. One is 180,000. And one is 150,000. And you look at it. The obvious is which one? What? You, know, you even pray. Say, this is the highest uh, offer. But if you will seek the face of God, he said, no, don't go there. In fact, he might tell you, go for the 90,000. And people will say, you are stupid. But the Bible says, the foolishness of God it's wiser than the wisdom of man. Because that company that wants to pay you 180000 might only exist for two years. And the one that wants to pay you 90000 you go there for ninety, and within three years, you are on 200000 True or false? It doesn't necessarily mean that every time the lower bidder will be the voice of God. No. Let God speak to you. And you cannot hear the voice of God except you stand in the presence of God. Brethren, Christianity is not a life of convenience. Tell someone the Christianity. It's not a life of convenience. It's a life of commitment. A life of what? You've got to be committed to God. To the living God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the eternal God, the one who was, the one who is, the one who forevermore shall be. The Bible says it's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He knows your beginning. He knows where you are now. But more importantly, what else does he know? Ah, he knows where you are going. He knows where you are going. 
He knows that there is a way that seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof is what? That you will not take that way. That way that leads to destruction, you will not take it in Jesus' name. Because he stood for God. He knew God. He could hear the voice of God. 1 Kings 17 verse 2 and in verse 8. And because of this public stand for God, God took care of him. I want to pray for someone here today. God will take care of you. Amen. I said God will take care of you. Amen. Elijah stood for God. He wasn't ashamed of God. Whenever the opportunity called for it, he would say, well... It was before the king. Remember that in those days there was no democracy. Today you can go to the White House. I think the White House is more glamorous than uh, where does our prime minister live? Father is, 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 somebody, is that somebody's house? Whatever. <laughs> you can go to the White House, stand at the gate and say you, you uh, president of America and be raining courses on him. So long as you don't touch him and you just stand at a distance, in fact, they will just do what? They will ignore you. They say, maybe the guy is a mental case. Just, I mean, so long as you don't do anything, no, not, nobody would even pay attention to you. you. You can't try that with the kings of old. There's no democracy. The guy's head is off his head before he knows what he's talking about. And yet, Elijah came and said, as the Lord God lives, before whom I stand, there will not be rain in this land until I come back and I speak otherwise. And as he spoke, so it was. Because he took a public stand for God, God did what God took care of him. When you go to that same first Kings chapter 17, verse 3 to 4, God came to Elijah and said, Turn thee eastward, hide yourself by the brook chariot that is before Jordan, and it shall be. Thou shalt bring off the brook. I have commanded ravens to feed thee there. God took care of him. And his obedience to God was not, was not questioned. Once the Lord told him, go to the brook, stay there, I will take care of you. Elijah did not begin to analyze what God was telling him. Which is what many of us will do. God said, go there. I, will, I have commanded ravens to... See, everything God told him was to encourage his unbelief. Does that make sense? Yes. The things that God told him were such that the logical man would say, no, no, this is not God. This is not possible. Go. I mean, already the man has said there will be no... There will be famine. No. There will be no rain for three years. But yet God is saying, there is a brook. Go there. You are going to drink water there. And then to capital, God said, the ravens will feed you. I mean, those are things you could look at. Say, okay, I know God said there will be famine. But this one, it can't be God. But it was God. Tell somebody it is God. Many a times, God tells you things that are contrary to your logic. It doesn't mean it is not God. Remember what the Bible says? God is not a man. That he should lie. Now that I see the Son of Man, that he should do what? That he should repent. Has he spoken? Shall he not do it? Has he said? Shall he not come to pass? This is the month of June. The promise of God concerning your life shall come to pass. 
I say it shall come to pass. This year, brethren, it's, remember what I told us? I said in September, what is what's happening in September? Prayer and fasting throughout the month. And then I said between now and September, somebody will have a new song. Between now and September, somebody will have a new testimony. Between now and September, no matter how impossible it looks, God will intervene. God will show himself forth on your behalf. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. So Elijah went to the brook. As God spoke, there was water, there was food on a daily basis. There was no need for fasting, even though the famine was going on. Then adversity struck at the brook. What happened at the brook? It was God that led him there. And he obeyed God and went there. But the Bible says in that first Kings chapter 17, it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And many of us, while we are staying, the brook has dried up. But because we cannot hear God, we have refused to move to the next level. And so we are standing by the brook that has dried up. If only you will listen to God, he will tell you where next to go. Is somebody with me this morning? What is your reputation? Are you hearing this living God? When the brook dried up, the Bible says in verse 8 of that first Peter 17, the word of the Lord came to him. You see, again, tell somebody again. God Every time you need to hear instruction, God is ready to instruct you. I remember some, I mean, maybe months ago I was telling us, what we need to do as children of God is cultivate a habit of listening to the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? You don't just say, ah, Holy Spirit, I'm listening to, listening to what? But how do you do it? You ask him questions. You do what? That's how you learn to know the voice of God. That's how the Lord will guide you and direct you. Ask him. Holy Spirit, I want to do this. What is the way forward? What should I do? And be ready to obey. And you know what? As you learn to know the voice of God, as you learn to know the directions and the strength of the Holy Spirit, you will make mistakes. Just what you will make mistakes. But because he knows you are learning, you want to know him more, he will beautify those mistakes. Haven't you seen that before? There are some people will make mistakes and it becomes fashion. But they themselves know that what? It's a mistake. What they call wardrobe malfunction will happen to an individual. Somebody else who is foolishly looking for the way the devil will lead him will take it and go and make it a new design. And they'll be wearing, some people will be wearing rags in the name of fashion. Some people will be walking around naked in the name of fashion. God will have mercy. What am I trying to say? Learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Before you go out, say, Holy Spirit, lead me. You know, as simple as, simple as which road should I take today? Do you know that that can save a life? Do you know that? As simple as I want to book a flight and the cheapest flight is airlifter, if there's anything called airlifter. 
And every time you want to book it, you have that check that says, don't book it. Ah, but it is the cheapest. It says what? Don't book it. You better listen. Tell somebody you better listen. As you learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will get to that point where you are easily able to hear and to obey and to do what he wants you to do. It's very important. That's how you live a successful Christian life. As the brook dried up, God spoke to him again. I said, go to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon, verse 9. That's 1 Kings 17. Dwell there. I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee. And I want you to understand the ways of God. Brethren, the earlier we got this in, the easier this Christian life will be. There's no logic in the things that God does. There's no what? There's no logic in the things that he does. See, that's why you as a child of God, you are different. Tell somebody you are different. You are different. As a child of God, if all you just make up your mind to this, Lord, tell me what to do and what? And I will do it. It's very simple. That's why, I mean, many of us here, you are first degrees in philosophy, your first degrees in engineering, but today you are a nurse. Your first degree is in uh, uh, psychology. Today you are doing, uh, what do they call that, a child care. Even those are not, is there a first degree? Can you get a degree in PSW? So some people have a degree in PSW, but they're not using it to work. Do you understand what I'm saying? My first degree is in animal science. My master's degree is in animal science. Then I, I, I have all the accounting designations from Nigeria to Canada to U.S. I'm not working with any of them today. <laughs> Amen? I'm not working with any of them today. Somebody looked at me one day and said, ah, say, Pastor, you don't like this accounting. I said, I don't like it. But the Bible says it makes all things beautiful in its time. It was that accounting that enabled me to get my landed documents to Canada. He did his own job. With my master's in animal science, nobody would give me uh, paper to come to Canada. But God knew he was preparing me to, for, I mean, for an assignment in this land. So I got, and even the accountant, I've told us some of the, my testimonies. Before I finally got the thing in Nigeria, <laughs> uh, it was a tug of war. It was a spiritual battle. It was so difficult to get because that was what God would use for me to cross to this land. Then I came here and I had to do the one of Canada, the one for U.S., in his own mercy, God made it easy for me. Is somebody with me this morning? God will make way for you. Amen. I said, God will make way for you. Amen. Adversity met him at the brook, but God told him, I have prepared a widow. You see, if God will prepare somebody to take care of you, of all people, is it a widow? Is it a widow that will take care of a prophet? Like the Jew was shining at a point. He said, how is it, how would people take it to say, ah, pastor now lives with a widow and they are not married though. And she's the one taking care of him, feeding him. For three, for, well, we don't know for how long. Let's say for one year. Will they still say that man is a pastor? Ah, they say don't mind him, he has backslidden. The man is now an adulterer. But 
when God will prepare someone to take care of Elijah, he didn't prepare a rich man. He didn't prepare. He prepared a widow. But you know the important thing about that widow? She was at the tail end. She said, we have nothing. I'm just preparing so that we will take our last meal and then go and do what? Go and die. Some people said she was ready to commit suicide. After we prepared the last meal, nothing else to live for. But God intervened. God intervened for that widow. God will intervene for you. God used that widow to meet the needs of Elijah. God will use you to meet his needs. And because he was available for that divine assignment, for that divine purpose, we are talking about her today. She did not fail God. You will not fail God. I said you will not fail God. So Elijah required of that widow the type of sacrificial life he lived for God. Is somebody with me this morning? He required of her the type of life he lived for God. When you go to that verse 11 to 14, he went and met her and said, give me water. Don't give me just water. Give me bread. <laughs> it was when the woman said, it's easy to give you water. I know water is scarce. But this bread you're asking for, that is the one that is very scarce. Because the last one is what we will eat. He said, don't worry. Go ahead. Pre prepare it for me. And then he declared the counsel of God. In verse 14. He said, For thus said the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of milk shall not waste. I thought somebody would say, Amen. Amen. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail Amen. until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. In other words, there could be famine. Whatever it is, you are not sustained by the economy. You are sustained by who? By God. Learn not to listen to the stories of others to make your decisions. Tell someone they learn not to listen to other people's stories to make your decision. I can give you an assurance. They will lead you astray. See, the Christian life is very simple though, but it's a life that calls for discipline. It's a life that makes you to say, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. You don't need to be going to one prophet or the other to be telling you stories about your life. You will go to someone with a familiar spirit. They will see good in your life, they will block it. They will now throw evil at you and make sure it comes to pass. Say, ah, that one is a man of God. Ah, You have sold yourself to the devil. If you are in that situation today, God will deliver you. Ah, that amen is very cold. Amen. You may not be in the situation, but at least there's somebody for whom you, for whom you, need, to, you need to say amen. I say, if you are in that situation today, God will deliver you. Amen. And you know what? Elijah passed through his own test of adversity. That widow, after she took Elijah in and provided for him based on God's guidance, she also did what? She also passed her own test of adversity. What happened to her? Her son was taken away from her. Her son was sick. When you go to verses 17 to 22, her son, the son of the woman, fell sick. His sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. So, you know, when the Bible says, when you pass through the waters, I'm sure we've had this so many times. It's not if. 
is what? It's when. Everyone that will live a successful Christian life will face tests and challenges. But our God is able. Tell somebody, my God is able. That's how you know you are a child of God. When, so long as you know you are not living in sin. If you are living in sin and then calamities come upon you, you can't say, oh, it is God testing me. It's not God. It's the reward of your sin. And that's where you start from. You repent. Tell somebody, repent. But when you are living a righteous life, it doesn't mean that because you are righteous, there will not be adversity. Adversity will come. But you know what? You will overcome. Yeah. Tell somebody, I'm an overcomer. overcomer. You're an overcomer in Jesus' name. Amen. Her son died. But she went to Elijah. She knew where to go. If she had not gone to Elijah, she would have buried the boy and now say, ah, Hey, prophet, you don't know what happened to me. Oh. Eh? You don't understand what I've gone through. The boy just died like that. I said, Where is the boy? I, I buried him. Ah. Tell somebody it's not over. Your destiny will still shine. Amen. The glory of God will still be manifested in your life. Amen. The promise of God concerning you will come to fulfillment. Oh, men may be rejoicing and say, we have, we have him in our hands, we have her in our hands. They are joking. Because you, the God you serve is a living God. It's a God that comes through for his people. After that encounter, God became a testimony for this woman. Look at it. That verse 23. After Elijah prayed, Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son live it. Tell somebody, See, your testimony live it. Says, tell somebody, say, see, see. your testimony liveth. Now look at what the woman said. The woman said, now by this I know that thou art a man of God. And that the word of the Lord in your mouth is true. <laughs> this man spoke, and she has been eating free food for close to three years. And yet she didn't know he was a man of God. Is that not what the Bible tells us? <laughs> Until her son died. And God brought him back to life. He said, now, like I can see that your God can give life to the dead. Truly, you are a man of God. Brethren, I want you to know, whatever you are going through, it's the pathway to a testimony. Yeah. You, the testimony can only come to fruition if you stick with God, if you hold on to God. If you hold on to God, and it will come true for you. So, I started by asking us, what is your reputation? Elijah had a reputation. He was a man of God. He lived before God. But he was talking with a man called Ahab. Is that not so? In that uh, first Kings chapter 17, he was talking with a king of Israel called Ahab. And Ahab also had a reputation. Does anybody know what was his reputation? What was Ahab's reputation? Anybody? He was, he was what? Yes, it was a king. Which type of king was he? And the Bible is clear about the type of king he was. He was noted for the worship of Baal. Let's go to the Bible. First Kings chapter 16, from verse 30 to verse 33. We're going to read it. So that we know he also had a reputation. The Bible says, First Kings 16, from verse Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. 
Tell somebody what's your reputation. He did evil above all that were before him. And the Bible says, and it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ebal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Not only was he evil, he married an evil woman that was more evil than him, that encouraged him to be more evil. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible is telling us. And I want to ask our mothers here today, which type of wife are you to your husband? Are we together, brethren? Mama, which type of wife, which type of woman are you to your husband? Are you the one that will encourage him to righteousness or the one that will encourage him to sin? Are you the one that only cares for the shopping? I don't care how you get the money. Just do what? Just give me the card. If you don't give me the card in this house, there will be what? There will be war. If you don't give me the card, we are all going to wear the same pants. Which type of woman are you to your husband? Jezebel had a reputation. You know, Ahab had a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he had a soft heart. He, had, he was wicked in his own will, but he had a soft heart. Ah, but Jezebel always ensured that she made it harder for him. Remember the story of Naboth's vineyard? Ne Ahab told Naboth, give me your vineyard. <laughs> what did uh, what did uh, what did he what did the man said, This is my inheritance. I cannot give it to you. And what followed? Jezebel plotted the destruction of Naboth on behalf of Ahab. I want to ask our mothers again. What type of mother are you? What type of wife are you? What is the type of influence you have on your husband? It's very important. It's very important. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. As we begin to round up. You know, we started talking about altars. But this is, the, this is the message the Lord wants you to pass across to somebody here today. What's your reputation? What are you building where are you heading? In Genesis chapter 18, from verse 17 to verse 19, God was talking about Abraham. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which thing which I do? Verse 18 he says, See that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now look at verse 19. He said, for I know him. Tell somebody, God knows you. He said, for I know him. He said, he could trust Abraham. He will train his children. He will guide them in the ways of the Lord. Maybe the question as you ask you is, what does God know you for? Now, because he knows you, either you like it or not. Either you agree or not, he knows you. But what does he know you for? Do you know that if what he knows you for is negative, you can change it beginning from today? It's the last Sunday in the month of June. We have six more months. I hope I'm right. Six months, have it. We have six months 
to the end of the year, what will be the story that you will tell? What will God say about you concerning the remaining months of this year? Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Are you here? You've not given your life to Jesus. Maybe you are watching online. You are not born again. <laughs> there is no good. Ahab had a reputation. Elijah had a reputation. Unless Jesus is in your life, unless Jesus is in your boat, there is no good reputation available to be obtained. And that's the starting point. You want Jesus to make a difference in your life? You want to raise up your hand where you are if you are in the house? And we're going to pray together. You, are, you want to tell him today that <laughs> I've done things my own way, but beginning from today, I want to do things your own way. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed. You are raising up that hand unto God, not unto man. And he's here to say, yes, I'm starting afresh with you today. I'm rebuilding. I'm rebuilding. I want to give you a more glorious second half of the year than whatever you have gone through. Is there anyone here that is saying, today, I'm giving my life to Jesus? If that's your decision, please raise up your hand where you are. And if you are watching online, and you are making that decision. The Lord, is, the Lord is here. It's a wonderful time to do that. If you are deciding for Jesus, because of those that are online, just say, Lord Jesus, I come before you this morning or this afternoon, as the case may be. Come into my life. Take control of my life. I cease to direct my own activities. I commit them into your hands. Take control. Guide me and lead me. Guide me. Make way for me. Let the rest of this year and the future ahead of me be more glorious than anything I've, I've gone through. Let today be the beginning of a new reputation that will glorify your name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. I have one prayer point for all of us. Let's rise on our feet. One prayer point. One prayer point. It's a very simple prayer point. You are going to pray and say, Father. Somebody doesn't want to pray. Say, Father. Find me faithful. And worthy. For the assignment you have for me. Open your mouth and pray. Say, Lord, find me faithful. Find me faithful. Examine me, Lord. Let me be faithful, Lord. Let me be a faithful servant, a faithful follower. For that assignment you have for me. Oh, for the grace. Find me faithful, O Lord. Find me worthy, O Lord. For your call, for your assignment. Yes, Lord, find me faithful. Glorify me in my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Father, I commit your children to your hands this afternoon. Everyone present in the house today, Father, you will touch in the name of Jesus. Amen. There is a unique touch. There is a specific touch. There is a touch that will make a difference in the lives of your children. Father, release it right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Whatever be the source of pain or anxiety in the lives of these your children, I command out in the name of Jesus. Amen. I command to go in the name of Jesus. Father, you will have your own in the lives of these your children. 
your name or your name alone shall be glorified. Every activity of the enemy I command to cease in the name of Jesus. Every reputation that is contrary to your plan for our lives, I come against in the name of Jesus. And Father will receive that which I have proposed for us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed.